Why did she leave North Korea? She was in search of a bowl of rice. That's how hungry she was under the leadership of the Kim family. Now part two of my special interview with Yeonmi Park. So you were five years in South Korea. What made mm-hmm. you think I want to go to America? Because now you could watch TV. You could hear yeah. music. You understood that there was life away from what you were living in North Korea. Did you mm-hmm. see American, um, I don't know, pop culture or American, you heard about American freedom and you, you thought, I want to go there. Yeah, I read a lot of books about America and I was fascinated that there's a nation that is dedicated to respect individual liberty and protect individual liberty. What a concept, because in North Korea, you don't matter if you're individual, you only matter if you're part of collective. And individuals always get harassed and persecuted by the government. And there's a country in America where they are specifically exist to protect individual liberty. And I was, I fell in love with this country to hear the constitution. And literally when I was reading the constitution for the first time, I. I really cried, like, you know, how on earth that they say everybody has the same rights that is from God that nobody can take away. And what a concept, because in North Korea, we don't have that vocabulary of human rights. We don't know that we have rights as a human beings in North Korea. You didn't know the word liberty? Of course not. You know the word freedom? No. Wow. So you read about America, you read the Constitution. I still read the Constitution today. <laughs> and and, and, and I, it makes me well up because mm-hmm. it's a document that doesn't say the government gives us these rights. It's a document that says, as you said, God mm-hmm. gives us the rights and tells government you can't take them away. That, that's, that is 180 degrees different than yeah. who you were as a little girl. I mean, it, it had to be a concept that almost blew your mind. Because, like, because in North Korea, government is our God. Our leader is a God. And here... Government is a servant. Government is there to serve the people. Yes. And in democracy, people are the ones who are higher than government. And I think that's when I was very, very shocked to hear that, hear that for the first time, how much rights and power the people had in America as individuals. Yeah, but you know that better than most Americans, and I mean that. Most Americans think, and even Obama, when he was president, he said that the document is not a document of restrictions on government. He was wrong. It is a restriction on government. That's exactly what it is. And people try to misconstrue that and say, no, 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 this is a document that says what your rights are and the government allows you to have them. It isn't what it is. It is truly about freedom. So we've got a generation of people that are about your age, millennials, even Generation Z after that, who don't understand what you understand. So how do we get to them? I mean, it must be really disheartening for you to see people about your age who are so confused about freedom and liberty. I think that's why I wrote this book after graduating from Columbia. I literally, at Columbia, I was confused some days because it exact anti-American, anti-capitalism, anti-free market, anti-individual, all these values were exact same things that North Korean teachers were teaching me. And then they were exact same things were taught at Columbia University by the professors. I'm somebody, <laughs> I, I'm somebody who loves this country. And mm-hmm. what you told me already in this interview has already educated me. I think I know a lot about, about communism. I think I know a lot about no freedom and no liberty. I don't know anything compared to you. And I thank you so much for coming on and talking about it. But nobody's going to listen to me. I'm 56 years old. I've got daughters that are older than you. So... Um, they don't listen to me because they think I'm old school, I'm a boomer, or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. But they will listen to you. Are you finding that people are listening, or are people trying to cancel you now because you're telling the truth? 
I think there's a two forces for sure. One force, like I was getting canceled by FBI. <laughs> wow. I was invited to give a speech to them last year about the reality of North Korean women and how, what they're going through in China. And they, the head of diversity literally calls me two days before, says that they cannot have me as a speaker because of my political opinions. Yeah, but your, and, your, your political opinions are freedom is good. Exactly, that I believe in the Constitution and the... What shocked me is how these people don't even know what it means to be American. I became American last year, last January. Congratulations. I, thank you, but I had to go through the interview process. And in my interview, the interviewer asked me this question clearly. Have you ever persecuted anybody for their political opinion? You know, if I said yes, I could not become American. This cancel culture where persecuting people for, for their political opinion is a very un-American thing to do. These people should be stripped their citizenship away. And that act is committed by American government, FBI. They cancel people for their political opinions. And that's when I realized we don't have that much time left to preserve liberty in this country. Well, it, would have, it, would have, it would have been very easy for you to just stay an American and not be in the forefront and not be you know, on talk shows like mine. But you <laughs> wrote the book because do you see us sliding into what China is, into what North Korea is? Of course, I think, sadly, sadly, I see this nation committing their own suicide, writing for me. And I have a son whose first breath was freedom. He wow. was born in America. And, you know, one book that really changed my life was reading George Orwell's uh, Animal Farm. Yes. Right. In that book, especially the part where the first generation of revolutionaries, they die and then they remember the time before the revolution, right. right? They knew the time before it all happened. Yes. But when, whenever there's young pigs and young animals come in, they don't even know life could be different. And that was a thing in North Korea. When people ask me why there's no revolution in North Korea, like how do you fight to be free if you don't know you're a slave? Yes, exactly and, right. Yeah, and I think that's happening in America. So many people don't understand what's happening and what they're playing with. And it's, of course, now this time, the problem is that when I was escaping from North Korea, I at least had a place to escape to. If America falls down, where are we going? Nowhere. We have nowhere else to go. I mean, this is the last hope, and this is the only hope for us. It's a, I want to give people the website again, yeonmi.com. It's Y-E-O-N-M-I.com. Get her book. It's Yomi Park. Get Wild Time Remains, a North Korean defector search for freedom in America. I love everything that you just said. Um, I want to go back to something you said earlier that you weren't even taught words like freedom and liberty and stuff like that uh, when you were in North Korea. In this country, we have an entire generation that's being raised to believe that abortion is reproductive health care that um, changing or gender confusion is really, uh, it's gender-affirming care when you, mut- when you mutilate children or stop their puberty. They're being told that Republicans are bad and they're the racists and they're no good, when in reality, the history of the Democrat Party is the racist party. So mm-hmm. they're being lied to. An entire generation of people in public school, in university, even at Columbia, where you went, God mm-hmm. bless you for going, um, they're being told the wrong thing. How do we fix it? We've got, we've got millions of people who believe this garbage. The only way we fight them is through the truth and I think personal responsibility that in North Korea to speak up against the government is like costing three generations of life in North Korea. However, right now, 
us speaking up our truth, costing us our livelihood, and maybe our friends are going to leave us. Yes. But the consequence is not as big. And that's why I think there's a hope. Like if we get to the nursing level, it's really hard to overthrow the government like that because you really have to risk entire generations of your bloodline. However, the consequence is not as bad right now in America. And that's why we cannot keep getting pushed like this. And this is time for us to, it's okay that we have a right to think differently. It's a right to think, you know, have even wrong ideas. I think that's why I was confused at Columbia. They're saying, because we want a safe space, emotional safety, that we do not respect diversity of opinions. I was like, then why do you go to university? If you know everything exactly. already, you don't need to go to university to learn anything, right? <laughs> so, well, Yomi, this must be the dumbest thing that you've ever thought that you could see because, again, you're wearing the same clothes for years. Mm-hmm. You're washing <laughs> in the river. You're sleeping mm-hmm. on the on a concrete floor. You don't know the words freedom and liberty. You think that that the the, the dear leader is the race of people, mm-hmm. and you've got idiots here looking for a safe space. And a dog to pet at Columbia because somebody said something they didn't like. It is so, it's so completely backward. And by the way, there are people in this country that would like to kill you if you don't agree with them. Like, like Antifa. They, yeah. they, they would love to, to take people like me out, you know, or you. Um, right. uh, thank God they can't, but they keep on burning things down and stopping businesses and shutting down speeches by people like you. So we know what the problem is. And I think more people are like you and me than aren't like you and me. But the loudest voices in the media, big tech, big sports, big Hollywood, big music, big academia, they're all on the left side. How do we balance it out? Do, do we write books like yours? Do we do interviews like this? Is this helping? I think, first of all, we have to do that, educate our children properly. Yes. We need to teach them right history and the facts and the logic. And your feelings never override logic and truth, right? Somehow this generation think that, Feeling is everything. If you feel that way, it's okay. It doesn't matter if it's illogical or non-factual. That is a very dangerous path that we are going into. So if we really educate our children next generation and let them know the value of freedom. So when I ask my classmates, like, why do you guys hate this country so much? What about capitalism in America that is so bad? And they said, like, look at there. Like, there are homeless people and there are billionaires. We have inequality in this country. And as a North Korean to me, like, what do you mean that you have right not to work? In North Korea, if you choose to become homeless, do you know what the regime does? They send you to prison camp and get raped and get tortured wow. and get killed. Because the fact that we have a homelessness in this country means that how tolerant the American system is. That we let people be homeless and be irresponsible and they choose to can do that. And then us having a billionaire in North Korea like, would you rather be all equally poor and dying from starvation? Or would you let somebody rise and create jobs, innovating things? The enemy exactly. is not inequality, it's a poverty. Wait, 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 so you, you, you said something that is so important. I want to say it. I want to, I want to just bring it out again. Mm-hmm. We have the freedom to be homeless in this country if we want to be. Yeah. And we also have equal opportunity. So when they say there's inequality, that's a lie. There isn't mm-hmm. inequality. Now, there's mm-hmm. inequality. You might have more money than me or whatever. That, that's because you've earned it. I have the opportunity to do the same thing. If there were inequality in this country, you and I would argue against it. We would say, no, no, mm-hmm. no everybody has to have the equal opportunity. But there is no equity. There is no because Yonmi has it, I should have it. No, we yeah. can both work to, to get it. And the fact that we have the freedom to not work if we don't want to and mm-hmm. to be homeless if we want to, that does, it, doesn't, 
It doesn't make it different that I have more money than a homeless person. I happen to earn what I have. Nobody gave it to me because they felt like it. That's the difference. They don't understand, do they? They want some sort of equity balance that is very socialist, and that's a slippery slope to taking away all freedoms. Yeah, it's a path directly takes to the hell. It, is, it really is. Whenever you try to make everything equal of our opportunities, look at examples in history. That's how North Korean began, the idea that everybody should be equal, having e- not the opportunity, but equality of outcomes. Yes. And, and when these professors at Columbia saying that we need to rebuild this nation in the name of equity and equality of our outcomes, they literally asked to make North Korea come here and following that trajectory. But none of them understand how bad that is. Right, because they've never been there. They've right. only been to America. And all these people are saying they're going to leave the country if the Trump gets elected. None of my friends left America. None of them did. They all yes. lied. Exactly, the hypocrisy of these people. And there are people dying to come to this country. They're dying to be free. And that's how all these people are taking their freedom for granted because they don't know how good they have. And not having a problem is an actual problem. That's why they keep creating these problems. Now, you know, somehow they need to identify some like 10 different thousand genders. Like, where is that problem coming from? No, no, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. about confusing us. If yeah. we can confuse people, if, if we can divide people, like I'm a white guy of Italian descent, you're somebody who is Asian of Korean descent, they would like for us not to talk. They would like to, the Koreans to hate the whites and the whites to hate the blacks and blacks to hate the Hispanics. If they can mm-hmm. separate us also on, on income, well, Yonmi makes too much money, I shouldn't talk to her. This person makes too little money, I shouldn't talk to him. Then the government has all the power. If they can divide us, the government can control all of us individually, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why this dividing thing by the regime, by these uh, politicians. America is so divided when we are divided. It's perfect opportunity for dictator to rise. And in North Korea, why do we not trust our neighbors? Because the regime told us your neighbor might be a spy. They might hate you. And it's so heartbreaking that trust goes down in the country. And whenever the society has a low trust, that country cannot prosper. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you're afraid of your neighbor instead of talking to your neighbor, then you're, yeah. you're, you're, then you're going to go to the government as the power. This is why government also doesn't want us to work. They would rather that we're on some sort of an entitlement program because then they control our food. They control mm-hmm. our travel. They control our clothing. Where freedom and liberty means I control all of that and you exist because I let you exist. It's you and me, Park, uh, Y-E-O-N-M-I dot com. Go to our website. Get this book while time remains. A North Korean defector's search for freedom in America. Um, just a couple of last questions and thank you for so much time today. When, when you talked about tyranny earlier, I'm mm-hmm. guessing you've read the Declaration of Independence. Yes, I have. The part of the Declaration of Independence that people don't talk about, they always talk about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, uh, endowed by the creator. They, they talk about that part. But mm-hmm. if you read down lower, it says, if they ever want to be tyrannical again, we'll take them out. We will yep. stop them from doing that. And we pretend like we don't know that. Like the Biden administration, in my opinion, thinks that it is the ruler of us. It is a mini Kim Jong-un. It's not. It is a government that is allowed to exist because we let it. And if we want to, we can take them out. Yes. Yep. People, that, people don't realize that. They only read the first two paragraphs. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, like countries like North Korea, that region is to be thrown away. Right? But you that's can't what... because you don't know of anything else. Yeah. Because we don't know the concept. That thing was never taught to us to think that way. What do you tell your son? He's got to be completely, he, he probably doesn't believe your story. It is almost unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, does he say, mom, how old is he? Is he old enough to, to speak and stuff? 
Oh, he's five years old. So he probably, he, I'm, I'm guessing you're raising him to be free and liberated, but he doesn't know mom's story yet. No, he does not know my story, but he knows that he's half North Korean, obviously, his birth certificate. So he, he, he knows like Kim Jong-un and he is very curious, like why people are starving and why doesn't he not share his food, <laughs> you know? Right. And he's like, and of course, I don't try to shock him or traumatize him, but right. I try to tell him that world is not perfect paradise. There are bad people. And there are good people and world is a complex place. And I know, I try not to shield him from all these facts and, you know, the trigger thing. Like, I think I believe that my son is a lot resilient than anybody can ever think. Yes. And this is a problem of this generation where they don't understand how strong they are. I crossed the frozen Gelby desert at 15 when I was like 60 something pounds. Wow. You know, not even like 30 kilograms. How is that possible? Yeah, I think... But the thing is, humans are that strong, we are that resilient, and they keep telling us that we are so weak that we cannot even handle few words, as if like we are made out of the snowflakes. They say, oh, you're so weak, we need to protect you. Like, no, we are strong. We can handle so much more. And I think that's what I'm trying to instill in my son, let him know his potential, let him know that he's a very strong person. He's very lucky to have you as a mom, that's for sure. The book is called While Time Remains, A North Korean Defector's Search for Freedom in America. I'm so glad you made it. I'm so glad you showed your strength. You're one of the strongest people I've ever talked to. And do me a favor, come back anytime you want, okay, Yomi? Thank you so much. I will be honored. Thank you so much. It's my honor. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. We'll have that entire interview posted tonight on YouTube and on Rumble. Let's just pop up. What you got, Polo? So you see the latest news about your boy, Robert De Niro? Oh, what did he do? He just had a seventh child. Come on, dude. What's he, like 75? 79. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Uh, okay, I got nothing. Appreciate it. Thanks, Polo. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Carrie. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. Have an incredible night. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.